0: Every person should be empowered with technology to unlock their own potential. So, for patients, this means taking control of their own health.
1: This is Taproot Edmonton presents Igniting Innovation. I'm Emily Rendell Watson. You just heard a bit of her pitch. In today's episode, we meet Jana Rieger, CEO of True Angle Medical, the Edmonton winner of the Startup TNT Investment Summit on November 19th. But before we get to that, I'm back with the intrepid Zach Storms, founder of Startup TNT. Hey, Zach. Hi, Emily. So lots has happened since we last spoke. The summit has happened. Can you tell us a little bit more about what went down that day?
2: Emily, it was an amazing day. I got to say, I was nervous doing it virtually that it wouldn't have that same energy, that same... uh, vibe and electricity that the first one had back in February but it definitely did I think we've we've kind of gotten used to the uh, the virtual setting we've done a lot of work to kind of get the community feeling good in a virtual setting and it just blew up you know so during the day we had some fun sessions that involved things like startup TNT Jeopardy. It involved things like this great speaker, world renowned speaker that wrote a book on building startup communities. There was even an interview with uh, one of the leading CEOs from Edmonton, uh, Brian Heath from Drivewise. And then the main event, though, of course, is the pitches. We had two straight hours of uh, pitches from 10 companies five from Edmonton, five from Calgary, and they were impressive. It was amazing to see what was happening during the pitches. Two of our companies pitched from the same office, one from Calgary, one from Edmonton. They hang out together in the Edmonton office and pitched right after each other in the same office. Uh, We had things like live testimonials happening right before our eyes from uh, customers. That's a couple of things you you can see on a Zoom call that you can't see in real life. So that was really awesome. We had things like, Previous investors saying to the audience, hey, I love this company. I'm so happy to be a part of it already. So all this kind of excitement happening. And uh, at the end of the day, the investors said, you know what? There's two winning companies, one from each city, but we're going in on a total of five. And that's the type of side deal activity we love to see happening at Startup TNT.
1: Yes. And there were those side deals that were still kind of in the works, I think, or some of that like cross-investment that I know you mentioned towards the end of the summit. Can you fill us in on what's happened since then? What side deals have been finalized? What cross-investment, if there is any, is happening?
2: Sure. So what happens is uh, after the pitches, the investors spend an hour deliberating. And the first 30 minutes of that, the investors... We're trying to figure out what their final choices were to figure out the number one company, and that was the first thirty minutes. But also during that time period, you know, it was kind of clear that some people are a little bit excited about some of the other deals, and there was already some talking about like, well, you know, if this company doesn't win, I'd like to invest in that company too. So people started discussing it, and we actually created a uh, sign-up sheet so that people could just live as a group, kind of put down what they were interested in. So the the two winning companies were True Angle from Edmonton and Aerolytics from Calgary. And basically, um, we let people from each city also add into those. So I think that both of those companies will be getting more than the original $150,000 committed. And then we opened it up. So some people said, hey, I want to go in Uproot. I want to go in Arbor. I want to go in Nuara. And so between the side deals and the winners, we're looking at over $500,000 in investment happening. And it takes a little bit of time for the investors to get all that set up, but it will be happening before Christmas for sure.
1: Nice. Okay. And some of those companies that were successful in securing some of those side deals, can you tell me just briefly a little bit about them and then also a little bit about the Calgary winner as well?
2: Sure. So uh, let's start with Uproot. They're from Edmonton. And uh, this is a food company that I think sometimes people look at and they're like, is this a fast growth company that can scale quickly or is this a traditional food business that's going to grow slowly? And that was actually a constant Conversation among the investors and with Chris, the founder of Uproot. But you know what? The DD team did an amazing job. Carrie, our lead investor, met with Chris almost weekly. They went back and forth. They discussed things. They talked about every angle of that company that you could think of. And they kind of worked out a new set of deal terms for them. And so I think that actually really helped persuade people that uh, the new deal structure, which was a convertible note instead of a straight equity deal, really turned the tide and said, people like, you know, I like this company. I like where they're going. And if they don't hit that fast growth metric, we can get our money back as a debt structure. Another company was called Arbor. And this was a company out of Calgary that was four young guys. They only incorporated, I think, six months ago. And it was incredible to see the progression of this company. They went from having kind of like a rough MVP that was kind of working, but had a lot of bugs and sort of informal conversation with other investors happening at the same time that, you know, they're onto something big here with basically a way to um, give an ESG score, so environmental sustainability type of score to companies as you're shopping online. And this is like a plug-in on your web browser so you can quickly rate a company as you're shopping like, you know, you know, what is this company's commitment to sustainability using uh, actually a customized set of scores. And this company went from, yeah, like I said, having a sort of a buggy MVP to uh, doing a live demo for us with a sneak peek of some of their uh, their new product lines coming out and also introducing the fact that they had just secured a lead investor down in Calgary, James Lockie from Thin Air Labs, who is a very well-respected angel investor in the Calgary ecosystem. And they really just like took it home. In fact, during their pitch, people were asking questions in the chat. And uh, inconceivably, the pitch was answering those questions live as they were being asked. It, it was really incredible. So uh, that was a really awesome story to look at. And then another one was Nuara. I mean, here's an amazing story. This type of story I love to see us supporting because this is a deep tech company in the truest sense. They're basically neuromodulation of the brain. They basically have these new uh, sensors that can get extremely rich data about brain activity, and they can use that in treating various mental health disorders. And so it's a combination of advanced sensing technology with advanced software technology that has the opportunity to go really, really big. However, you know, it's also the type of company that is extremely risky, lots of hurdles to get over, lots of capital required. And so for the investors to say, we love this group, we're going in on it, that's actually a big confidence boost for them as they start raising more money. And the investors, I got to hand it to the DD team on that one, they went all in on doing homework on that company, they met with some of their advisors, they had multiple meetings with the team, they really did a lot of homework on that one to make that decision. And then there was the company Aerolytics, which actually moved to our ecosystem from Halifax. So they originally founded Halifax, they set up shop in Calgary, They have basically a system for tracking methane emissions in the oil and gas sector. They're already working as consultants with a number of the major oil and gas players in Canada, and they've been using those consulting gigs to basically build out a software product and uh, slowly, sort of in in a modular fashion, build up components of the software system to try and automate more and more of their services, which is the type of scrappy business model I love to see. They're working with their customers already. They're generating revenue. Um, you know they're operating a business as it is, as a consulting business, which I think is a great way to just get experience as a founder and as a business owner and working with a team, because that's so much of the hurdle in building a company. So that was incredible. And then there's of course True Angle from Edmonton.
1: Well, lots of exciting companies to keep an eye on in Alberta, and I think having you know watched those pitches during the summit, even the companies that didn't secure a side deal or who didn't receive that $150,000 there's still lots of exciting companies who were part of the summit and hopefully we'll see them maybe again at the next summit or in the ecosystem continuing to grow and contribute.
2: Absolutely, Emily, can I add to that thought for a second? You know, just because you don't raise money today at the summit or just in general, you know, should not be taken to mean that like there's something wrong with the company. It just means that the timing isn't right right now, or maybe the investors themselves aren't the best fit for you and your company. So, you know, I think that's an important message is that for some of the companies there today, perhaps the timing is just maybe a little too soon. There's a few things that they should probably work on first or secure first before they raise money. Or sometimes it's just a matter of the, you know, the investors, because angel investing is very personal, you know, different companies and different founders resonate with different investors. And honestly, coming back to a theme that we've hit on a lot, that's why it's important for us to have a diverse slate of investors because everyone's unique and everyone kind of picks based on their own personal uh, interests.
1: Well, without further ado, I'm joined by Jana Rieger, CEO of True Angle Medical. Hello. Hi, Emily. Congratulations on your big win. How does it feel? It feels amazing. It was such an honor
0: to win in such, I mean, the cohort that we were in was Amazing. The folks who were presenting their business ideas were so great. And so to have won in such a high caliber cohort was
1: really, really rewarding. Can you tell me a little bit more about True Angle Medical? And for the people listening who've maybe heard the name but don't have a full grasp of what you're doing there, what does that look like?
0: Yeah, so what our company does is we've created a solution for people who have a swallowing disorder because of a condition like cancer or stroke or Parkinson's or something like that. And what we did was we came up with a solution so that they could get the treatment that they needed in their homes instead of having to travel to a clinic every single day to get hooked up to the instrument that they needed to be hooked up to.
1: And where did you get the inspiration to do that? Like where did the idea come from? The idea came from
0: quite a few years ago, I was working as a clinician scientist in one of the institutes in the city and working with patients who had been diagnosed with head and neck cancer. And one of the things that was a huge problem for them after they went through their treatment was that they had the swallowing disorder, which we call dysphagia. It was interesting because, you know, for most people, we don't think about swallowing. We love to eat. We love food, but we never think about how that all happens. And so to watch what they were going through when they had been diagnosed with dysphagia was really eye-opening. And it made me realize that dysphagia was more about just not being able to eat food because what I heard from patients was that It destroyed their quality of life. They didn't go out to eat with friends anymore because it was embarrassing or just too hard to do, or a restaurant didn't have the kind of food that they could eat. And the same thing with going over to friends' homes or even having people into their homes because food would have to be changed in its consistency, essentially. And so people really stopped living their lives, and it became this real disabling Thing in their life from a social, emotional, as well as physical perspective. And there's a lot of fear associated with it because one of the things that can happen is that food can go into the lungs and create a a life-threatening pneumonia. So between all those things and seeing what a huge impact this made, I really wanted to do something to help patients who had been diagnosed with it. So I had this big machine in the hospital, and I knew that there was this therapy that could help, And but it meant that the patients would have to come in and get hooked up to the machine to give them feedback about what their muscles were doing and how they were contracting. And it's intensive. You have to come in every day, and it has to be done for sometimes months on end. And so I set up a study. I had only a couple people who actually came, and I had to close this study simply because I couldn't get enough people in for it. So at the time, I also had a very young, energetic clinician who said, hey, she was working in the lab with me. Her name's Gabby Constantinescu, and she said, what if we could take this big thing and make it smaller and have it so that we could give it to patients in their home. Then that started the whole thing. And so we also had a biomedical engineer who worked with us at the Institute. That started the conversation about, let's just do this. And how long ago was that? That conversation started in 2013, so seven years ago. The real game changer for us was when we were funded by the Alberta Cancer Foundation. They gave us a $1.9 million grant to figure out how to take that machine, make it smaller, study it, and get
1: a mobile device into the hands of patients so that they could do that therapy at home. So how did you hear about the Startup TNT Summit? Have you been doing lots of pitching? Where did the idea to enter that come from? I had been watching
0: them for a while. So I saw last year the competition that TNT put on, and I thought, wow, isn't that amazing? To create an opportunity like that for entrepreneurs in Alberta. And at the time, we weren't fundraising, and so There was no reason for us at that point to be part of it. Um, But I did have my eyes on it for this year because I knew that we were going to be opening a new round of funding for the company. What I think is so amazing about it is the network. So the ability to meet with investors, to talk to people, to talk to other entrepreneurs, that's the real strength of TNT. And so that was our decision to go into it this year because it really did open the door and start the conversation and whether or not uh, we would have won the investment summit the value of it is that all those conversations started and all that networking started so that was really important regardless of the
1: outcome can you tell me a little bit more about the process just in terms of due diligence and and what that was like for you compared to maybe other experiences you've had before and like what did you learn from that
0: it was a lot of fun to work with the lead investment committee um, and to hear about the things that they wanted to know from us. So, the due diligence process was uh, happened over the course of a couple of months from when the program started until last night. And what that process really did for us, it helps you understand what an investor is going to need to see in order to put faith in your company. And I think those things change along the way. So, at earlier stages. The due diligence was a little different. Now, at this stage, there were things that investors were asking about that we hadn't necessarily heard before. So it really got us thinking about things that were really important to the company as far as growth. So, for example, understanding our sales channels, understanding the numbers of people in those sales channels, understanding exactly how we're going to target those sales channels, Knowing that the investors wanted answers to those questions is a prompt to get the company moving in that direction. So I think it's always really a a great thing for a company when investors do start talking to you, when you find out what's important to them, because it's an indicator, I believe, for where your company needs to be looking. And, and typically, it's not just one investor saying saying something. I, I think that what we heard from the group of investors was they would all agree that, yeah, we need to know what you're doing in this area. So it was kind of like a resounding uh, comment about that's an important area for True Angle right now to look at.
1: Right. And you had lots of back and forth like throughout the, I guess it would have been almost two months then, right? Yeah.
0: So we did. We did. We had some opening conversations with our lead investing team. And so we talked about the background of True Angle and where we are right now. And then we also heard from them what they would want to see in our data room. So we now have quite an extensive data room with a whole bunch of stuff in it. But again, that that also helps organize you as a company to make sure that you have all the aspects in there that investors want to look at. And so after they went through and and had a chance to review the data room, um, we had a couple of other meetings so that if there was something in there that they didn't find, I could answer those questions for them online.
1: So what was your pitch
0: to the investors? Our pitch was that we have an amazing product that we've just entered into the market with, and that we're ready to grow. And so our pitch was that the money that we would be receiving from this investment would be used for that purpose. So it would be all around bringing on the people that we need to help us grow that market. And so it's about sales and marketing. It's about getting to know our customers better. It's about targeting the right channels. It's about getting the word out there about True Angle and who we are, because we know that we can help people with this device. And it's a matter of, because it is such a new thing and something, that we're breaking ground with. Essentially, we need to educate people about what this is and how it can benefit them uh, at home.
1: So I know that you were making the pitch to investors and obviously leading the team, but who else is on your team and working with you on this?
0: Yeah, we have such an amazing team. We have our chief technical officer, who's Dylan Scott, and our chief product officer, Gabby Constantinescu. And we've been together for seven years, and we really have a drive to we're all flying in the same direction. And we also have a supporting team of people, Jason, Terry, Leo, and Noor, who are helping us every step of the way. And really, without that team all working together and heading in the same direction, there's really no way that we could be, even be ready for participating in something like TNT.
1: So I have a lot of gratitude for the team members that are around me. Sam Jenkins talked a little bit, I don't know if you heard it at the summit, but he talked a little bit about the importance of the people that you're in business with and that you're working alongside and how that's just so crucial to what you do. What you were talking about there is is a perfect example of that, of how much that plays into the success of a company.
0: Yeah. And you know, like we said to Gabby, so Gabby, um, she also won an award this past week from our college. And so her and I've had a bit of limelight lately. And Dylan, who's our technical officer, the thing is, if it wasn't for his vision and insight into making this product really elegant, and appealing to people from all of the technological aspects, Gabby and I wouldn't be able to do the things that we do. Really, the folks working in the background doing all the technical stuff, it's not as often that they get that spotlight shone on them, but really, they're just such a critical part of what we do.
1: You're listening to Igniting Innovation, the first series from Taproot Edmonton presents... This podcast is just one of the many ways that Taproot pays attention to our city. For even more coverage of Edmonton's startup scene, subscribe to the Tech Roundup, curated by me. You'll get the latest headlines and happenings from Edmonton's tech community delivered to your inbox every Tuesday. Visit taprootedmonton.ca to join. And for another local podcast with its finger on the pulse of Edmonton, subscribe to Speaking Municipally, our weekly discussion of municipal politics. Find Speaking Municipally wherever you find your podcasts or at taprootedmonton.ca. And now, back to our show. In pitches, do you typically tell personal stories about some of the people who who your device have helped or who you hope it will help? A lot of times there's not time for that, but I have some great
0: ones um, that I can share definitely. And it's always a balance between, okay, I have five minutes to pitch this and I want to tell them all the great things. And so, but I know that a lot of times investors want to hear about the investment, how that will be beneficial for them. So usually with stories, it's kind of, if I have a bit more time, I'll spend some time telling. Yeah. With some of the folks who are customers right now, I've been reaching out to people who are using the device. And there was one story that I heard this week that was especially impactful. A gentleman who uh, was diagnosed with oral cancer and had been struggling with swallowing for quite some time. And he said that he loves the device, he's using it every day, he's been using it for about six weeks. And he said the result has been, as an example, it used to take him five hours to drink one cup of coffee without choking on it. And when you think about that, again, it's one of those stories where it's like, how do you go and have a normal coffee with a friend? Anyhow, now, since he's been using the device, he can have a coffee in an hour. So that puts him into a whole different realm of socialization and just enjoying
1: food and enjoying life. Wow. Okay. Yeah, no, and I think it does put into perspective just how much it does go beyond like food or drinking. Like it's, it is really about connecting with other people and being able to, to have those interactions. How will this investment help True Angle? what do you plan to do with it?
0: We will use the investment to bring new people into the company. And our first hire will definitely be someone within the marketing, sales and marketing area. So that again, we can help to get the word out about us. We can get this device into as many hands as possible. That's our main focus. The other way that it helps us is that it really does, it gives us the start to this bigger raise that we're doing. So we're opening a round of funding in order to continue to grow the company. And this basically was just the, the start. And it, it sends a message about how important this is for people. It also helps with this raise that we're going to be doing next.
1: What are your other plans to scale right now? Like other than that, which you're currently working on, Oh, yeah, we definitely have other things in the works. And that's always uh, exciting as
0: well. So with respect to the mobility, which is the, the name of the device that we've made for patients who have swallowing disorders, we're really focused on the software side of things. And we have some really exciting things in the pipeline that we'll be releasing that will make the whole experience for patients even better. So there's such power to The information that we're collecting. So for example, when someone uses the device, what it's doing is it's measuring the muscle contraction, and it measures every single muscle contraction that's related to the exercises that they're doing for swallowing. And all that information is being stored in a cloud, essentially. When we start putting that together with other things like outcomes, we start learning a whole lot more about a patient and we can make the software smarter and smarter so that for every single patient, the software can adjust things for them and and really tailor that exercise program for them. So that's what we're working on in the pipeline. It's a really exciting addition. The other thing that grew out of The technology that is another part of what we're working on in the background is a flexible technology, so a flexible sensor, something that basically you would have on a stretchable garment. And so that's another thing that uh, we've been working on and have had some funding to do some R&D on. And that really started with the mobility and our desire to make it as small and portable and light as possible.
1: Wow, lots of exciting stuff, and I think it's really neat just to see, you know, what you've been able to do in such a short period of time, and and how much your company has grown. Both the Calgary and Edmonton companies who won at the TNT Summit have female entrepreneurs at the helm. Mm-hmm. And last week, I talked with Ali and Emily a little bit about how roughly only three percent of Canadian companies are led by a woman. How does that feel, especially with November 19th, the summit day being also Women's Entrepreneurship Day? Well, I mean, I think it's really fantastic. I
0: think that when it comes down to being a female entrepreneur, it comes down to what influences you've had around you. And what I hope that this does is I hope that young women who are thinking about potentially becoming entrepreneurs see role models that they can follow, because I think that's what influences people's choices into the the areas that they decide to spend their life in for a career. And so I think it has less to do essentially with being female and more to do about the belief systems and the role models that you've had around you as you've been growing up from a child and going through the education system and what you're being told in those systems. And so... I think it's really exciting that for young women who are in uh, science and technology and other fields where they have entrepreneurial ideas, that they have people that they can look to and say, yeah, I can do that too. And it's a very real possibility for me.
1: So Zach, you organized the summit, but you're also one of the investors. What was it like for you to see Jana and Truangle win on the Edmonton side?
2: It was incredible. You know, I I always tell people, since I have a PhD, the one thing I really love to see coming through the summit are scientist entrepreneurs spinning off companies from the university environment and commercializing those with the support of local investors. And so I love to see that. There was a couple of people that fit that boat in the summit. Jenna was one of them. And I really, I really love to see that. Also, interestingly for me is I primarily focused my time on the Calgary summit and the Calgary cohort. So I had a little bit less interaction with the Eton entrepreneurs. So I was honestly just like pleasantly surprised to see someone like Jenna win the main prize.
1: How tough of a decision was it among The investors to decide both on the Calgary side and the Edmonton side. Like, I imagine it's even that much harder because you've gone through that due diligence and really spent, you know, a month and a half, two months getting to know these companies and the people behind them.
2: Absolutely. I mean, my main goal, Emily, is that the decision is so hard. That the investors decide to invest in all five companies haven't hit that mark yet, but seriously, the goal is to build relationships between the entrepreneurs and the investors over time, so that the investors, by the end of it, are like, "Well, you know, I just learned a whole lot about this one company, and I really like them, and you know even though they didn't win, I think we should be investing in them um and so the decision was really hard this time, just like it was in the past, and uh, that's a testament to I think uh, how much work the investors put into the companies so There was no clear standout on either the Calgary or Edmonton side. There was a few companies that were neck and neck. That's where you see those side deals happening.
1: Such a great opportunity to continue to build community in this space. Well, now that the summit is wrapped up, what will Startup TNT do next? Are there any other investments you have your eye on?
2: Well, we'd like to be running the investment summit in Edmonton every six months. I think that that's a good cadence to train some new investors Keep supporting the entrepreneurs as they come through. Hopefully we'll see people that were in there this time that didn't raise money come back again. I think one thing Jenna hit on, which was the value of the network. We're starting to see that blossom and grow quite a bit. You know, I can already see informally entrepreneurs and investors having conversations about maybe doing some mentorship and advising with each other, working together in other ways. And so really just want to nurture that network here in Edmonton down in Calgary, and we've got partners talking to us about how we can maybe help them in their communities, in other cities, and in other sectors. So stay tuned. I think 2021 is gonna be really big for Startup TNT.
1: Okay, sounds good. Well, we'll keep an eye out. Well, this is our final episode in the Igniting Innovation series. So thanks so much for sticking with us, Zach, throughout it. Really appreciate your commentary on the ecosystem. And for everyone who has listened, thanks for joining us on this ride. Stay tuned for more podcast series down the road from Taproot Edmonton Presents. Big thanks to Alberta Innovates and the Edmonton Regional Innovation Network. It helped to fund this podcast through a community initiatives grant. You can learn more about Erin at edmontonrin.ca. And don't forget to leave a review and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you haven't yet told a friend about the podcast, please do. You can still listen to all six episodes. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Taproot Edmonton Presents Igniting Innovation.